0: Sade. and i'm christian and this is episode 147 of uh shades of brown And this week it's uh, well, actually folks... wait
1: before real quick you, you didn't get the email we we uh, never mind i forgot to forward it to you so actually this is uh episode 147 of shades of verizon 5g powered by ultra wide band um sponsored in part this week by verizon 5g now lit in multiple parts of the U.S. with ultra wideband support coming at a later point for two hundred dollars extra.
0: <laughs> so, so let's fucking fuff. I'll get into the five G stuff later, but we're we're gonna start with this week has been the as you may have heard uh the the apple uh iphone event uh this was this was the second event. apple did two events this year instead of instead of the one huge one that they usually need to split up the watch and the other stuff and and this one is going to be the i this is the uh home pod and the uh iphone event that's yeah we got one more
1: next month It just leaked out a little bit earlier ago um the november 13th is apparently when they're going to do the Arm macbook event oh
0: all right, I mean, all right, I guess we, everybody has stuff to talk about. All oh, the podcast is gonna be lit. Uh, so the first, like, the first thing that, like, this is uh, this is the usual Apple style this year is uh, with the presentation. You know, like, you got the wide shots of, of fucking Apple Park, and you know, like, not Steve Jobs, uh, Tim Tim Cook uh, standing you know, in this like glass, like, like.
1: Like, well it's Tim Cook in the Steve Jobs Theater, right? That's where he's standing at.
0: In the Steve Jobs Theater. He's he's standing there, you know, like he's got the he's got the camera shot, you know, he starts uh talking about and the first thing first thing he introduces, right, is is the HomePod mini, right? This is this is uh this is an entry level HomePod, And it, this is essentially like a smaller and much cheaper version of the original HomePod that was released. When was the original HomePod released? 2016,
1: 20. Let me pull it up. HomePod, let me see. I think it was 2016, maybe. I bought it at launch. I know I've had one since I've. Yeah, since it came I, I out. You. And
0: like, Chose is the. the uh, 2017, 2017. Okay, there you go. Yeah. It's been three years. Okay. So three years since the original HomePod, uh, HomePod launched. And so now, now they have, uh, a ninety nine dollar, a ninety nine US dollar version. They uh, call the HomePod HomePod Mini. Uh It's it's much smaller. You know, it's 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 got, it's got the one speaker, right? Is it like, is this the big one have m- multiple speakers, or is that like, yeah?
1: So basically, the difference between this and the bigger HomePod is that the big HomePod has multiple speakers around the entire thing, right? So it's three sixty audio. It's a regular HomePod with multiple speakers, and it has computational audio, right? Of having of sort of it, like think of it like this, you. You can measure, right, if you put out one sound wave, how long t- it takes for the microphone to pick it up, right? So you can measure how far away you are from the wall, basically just measuring latency, right, of when it bounces back. And with that, you can tune it because you can figure out, hey, if I, if I make a, a sound and it immediately comes back, right? If it's like one millisecond of latency before the microphone picks it up, you know, picks it coming back to you, then that means that's probably a wall. And if it takes a little longer for anything to come back, right, then you're, that's an open space. And so you can either point the audio, right, in terms of what speakers get the most amount of gain, right, volume, to be the ones that are not with the quicker bounce back, right? Or you might have bass, the bass, like the lower, the lower end of the frequency, go back to the wall, right? Because then the bass is sort of bouncing off, right, so you get fuller sound. So you do tricks like that, right, to sort of um, tune for the room. The, this HomePod does not have that. It has like ambient EQ stuff, right? Where it'll try and guess, like you know, try and do adaptive EQ based off the room it's in. But it does not do like the sort of faux, you know, surround sound style audio that the HomePod does. Right, right. It,
0: because it doesn't, it doesn't have the multiple spe- multiple speakers to actually do that kind of thing, right? So it is just relying on the one speaker. So like Apple really like focused, I think, not on this like the speaker part of the speaker itself, but like the the sort of the smart like. OS stuff that's surrounding this, right? Like the, like the fact that it, it will recognize, uh, multiple voices, right? So the, like the, the way the demo this was in a family home, right? Uh, so multiple people will use the device that it, it will, the device, uh, will recognize each person individually. It will, uh, like it will like, like, it like it won't do certain stuff unless you have the phone nearby, right? Like, that's also a thing that I think they mentioned is that...
1: Well, I think it's important to actually talk about that for a second because a lot of this stuff, obviously, a Google Home or Echo can do, right? But some of how Apple's doing it is a little bit more clever. P is, you know, like, ultra-wideband, right? It's in the watch now. It's now... I think Samsung's putting in some of their phones. It does that with this HomePod. These HomePod minis have it. My big HomePod doesn't. So what this means is it does... It'll do two things to try and figure out who you are. A, if your phone's nearby... Siri already captures your voice, right? Like it does that when you're setting up a phone. So that means, like, if I picked up your phone and said, "Hey, blah," it's not going to go off because it try and tunes it. You know, builds like a profile, that says local on there. So I imagine that's likely ultra wideband. Like, it's probably bouncing from the phone to the speaker to figure out if you're speaking to it or if someone else is speaking to it nearby, right? To or to go ahead and use your information to give out personalized results. Oh, right,
0: right. And it's also like the other thing is the the multi room audio stuff, right? Obviously, like you can like. I guess you can like you can tell tell it to play a song on it, and if you have multiple of these, like I'm guessing the 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 music will travel from you with with your room to room. Is that what's what they what they were talking about? Like is like like if you're in a room and you start playing music on the HomePod Mini in that room, and you go to a different room which has a HomePod Mini, will it just like seamlessly tra- like tra- start playing the music on that other HomePod Mini? Is that what they were like trying to show off, or is
1: they? They didn't, I don't know. They didn't make that clear. Because what does happen is, right, if you put like two of them next to each other, it'll turn into a stereo pair automatically. But I don't think like the traveling audio is, is, well, actually, oh no, it does have multi room audio. Yeah, it is one. It's that,
0: that's it, that seems doable. Because with the, as you mentioned, the ultra wideband stuff, like they could do it, right? Like it could be, I think it's possible, right? Like it's not, it doesn't sound too far fetched, but I don't think they, I don't think they went ahead and said it out loud that they that's what it's actually gonna so i'm like we'm gonna to have to wait till these things come out to see what they can actually do uh but the other feature which which is part of this whole home like home pod situation and like the family thing is the is the intercom feature right uh which um i I don't know about uh this this is this gives me the same vibes as the walkie talkie feature on on Apple watch. Uh, in so much as that are, are people actually going to use this
1: yeah they are i could say for the google home does this my nephews have like google homes in their house and my my brother-in-law does it you know like if dinner's ready we'll just tell we'll be like okay google you know message out to blah, to them that dinner's ready so i do have family members who already use features like this so this is nothing new right so i could say at least for the people i know it is a feature used um, with kids but you know
0: yeah so that's that makes sense. Okay so I guess this will be more used than the walkie talkie feature on the, on the on the Apple Watch. So that's that's cool. And also obviously this thing is uh, a a home kit hub right? Uh like it can do all the home kit like you can you can like tell it to you know control your home kit uh, stuff like you know lights and uh garage doors and locks and uh, i don't know what else is is all all in the homekit stuff you know
1: well so stuff it would be able to do right like the homepod or apple tv is that it can um if you have cameras right you know if you have security cameras when you have a homekit camera it uses your homekit hub to processing of that video for faces and that so in this case this homepod could be used for processing of faces and stuff instead of being sent to the cloud so there are a couple of advantages there but i think the I think the more important part of the story is not really what it can do but the fact that there now is an option that isn't $300. Because while while I love the sound of my regular HomePod, it's a great speaker. I n- don't buy it for 300. Like don't you don't
0: need like <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. I think that's why I think this is that's why Apple I think it was like I think in some ways they, they saw the sales figures on the original HomePod and were like, we gotta get the price down, right? Like the 99 price this price point is just such, uh, such a good price point for something like this, right? Like it's, it's one of those price points that people are gonna be like, for $100, yeah, like people will consider this, but for like $300, like that's, a, that's a big ask, right? Uh, so oh yeah no no I, I'm definitely
1: I'm picking up one of these for my parents okay. to become available. So what are you
0: gonna do with the other home Is that
1: just Well, I have like the home pod in my bedroom, right? But like my parents, right, they use their home pods and like they, you know, listen to music on well listen, no, they don't use home pods right now, but they would use this because right now they use Apple Music on an Apple TV and TV speakers are shit so because unlike you who won't buy your mom at all that tv i i, I i'm joking <laughs> but but like i i'm sick of hearing when i walk past my living room like those tv speakers playing music that's absolute garbage like you know for my own ears and for their ears this home pod i could tell you it might not be as good as my home pod the big one but the home pod mini will absolutely have better audio than the tv and i'm willing to bet too like I'm willing to bet, since I don't think they're going to compete on features that Google Assistant or Alexa have, right? But I'm I can take a shot in the dark, and I think I'd be right in saying that this will probably have the best sounding audio for listening to music out of the hundred dollar speakers. You know, the Nest the Home, whatever they call it now, in the Echo. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would be an interesting. Uh... I would love to see like a comparison between the, this, the hundred dollar speakers from like Google and like Amazon. Like, I wanna, like, I wanna see what the sound quality is like actually. Like, that's, that's what I'm curious about. Uh, I think this one has like the S5 chip that's in the, it's in the watch, right? Is that yep. the chip that's in Yeah, okay. but that's from
1: the watch series five, which is better than the old HomePod, which has the A8 AH or A10
0: okay so we we're getting a processor upgrade as well, so it's not actually even though it's cheaper it's not actually a worse processor uh so that's uh you know i like it's, i don't think there's anything else with that like the it's it's it's
1: well pizza think about these speakers right it's like you you just buy the one based off the ecosystem right like if you if you already have Nests or thermostats, you know, like you're in that Google, you, you know, ecosystem. Like this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good this sounds or what it can do. Right? It doesn't work if you're shit. Like you know, like if you're trying to, you can't tell Siri to play Stadia.
0: One one thing that I I have to mention here is that they had a they had this I guess slide or whatever with a bunch of music services uh, that are going to be supported, like third party music services that are going to be supported later, uh, but including, like, Pandora, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, but, like, not Spotify. I
1: I think it's on Spotify because HomeOS or AudioOS, whatever the HomePod runs, they've already announced... It's it's called AudioOS. That's, like, the technical name for it. But um, they've already announced that they are going to allow third-party music services on there. So I think it's on Spotify and not on Apple. That's
0: what I'm curious. Like, I... I, 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 Yeah, that's what I'm curious about. I haven't heard anything else uh, about this. But, like, I... I'm like I'm not like considering this to be honest like i I don't see the point of me having this in my room that doesn't like I already have speakers on my desktop like it doesn't make much sense but uh. But yeah, like it would be like a nice thing to like have in the living room, maybe. I don't know. Like, I think that's pretty nice. But it would have to support Spotify. Like, I think that's like because all of us use Spotify, and, uh, and we're not switching music services for that. Uh, so it's like you know, uh, if it supports Spotify, I'll consider it. Actually, like and that, that that would be pretty nice. Uh, so that's the HomePod Mini. Uh, I don't. Are pre-orders available from this November sixth? I believe okay, is November, when the pre-orders okay. go live. All right. So it's not available yet. Well, so we will see in, in November when the reviews come out, what this is like. Uh, so let's get into the, I guess the main event, main part of like the, 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 the iPhone event. So the iPhones. Uh, we have three iPhones, right? Four. Three. Four. Uh, iPhone 12. Twelve mini, so, twelve, okay, 12 okay, 11 on, pro, eleven pro max. Okay, 4. <laughs> 4, yeah, four. 4. Okay, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't count the max as a separate.
1: It it has it's a separate SKU. It does separate stuff. There's there's features exclusive to the max. Okay,
0: okay, cool. Okay, so we have the iPhone 12 mini, we have the iPhone 12, we have the iPhone 12 pro and the iPhone 12 pro max. Is that correct? That's 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 the.
1: Yeah, and I think before we talk about the phones, I need to. Because I know I will get mail for this. Chosa, you talk shit about Samsung and their bad naming. What about this? Fair, fair point. Fair point. This is bad naming. This is, um. I would say, though, that we still don't have the Pro Max Ultra Drip Edition. Because even the Pro Max is not, it is It is expensive, but it is not um drip, you know, wear that my Versace boots, you know, drip level yet, yet. So that is, that is me defending myself. But outside of that, we should, how do you want to start with these? I think maybe we should start the smallest to the biggest.
0: Yeah, we can. We can. That's. I think that's a good, good point. I think we can start for for once. We can start from the smallest to the biggest year. So let's talk about this. Talk about the iPhone 12 Mini. I think in in some ways, I think it's one of the most interesting things this year around is that Apple is, I think, segmenting their iPhones a lot better this this time around. And I think the iPhone 12 Mini. Which starts uh at u s dollar seven twenty nine um is i think supposed to be a premium upgrade for the for for people who have the iphone s e right uh and it is a five point four inch screen right and the s e is a four point seven inch screen but it is a smaller form factor because there are no bezels right uh it and I'm really curious that, like, like how much this is like how much how much people are gonna upgrade? Like, do people are people like holding off on upgrading for because they don't want to upgrade from the SC because there's no replacement for the SC, but now you have the SC replacement. Like, it's it, how is it uh, how much is the SC right now? Is that like uh, four
1: hundred? But I mean, real talk, you can. You can find them for cheap. Like my, I think my, my dad picked one up recently for like 50 bucks.
0: Like yeah. Carrier deals too. Probably right. Like carrier subsidizing them. So uh, the iPhone 12 mini is like, yes, it's going to be more expensive, but like it is also like, I mean, people are not buying this full price. Right. Like that's not the usual. In North America, at least, people are not buying these like full price. These are going to usually be going to be uh, c- carrier financing deals.
1: The, I feel like this phone's going to have not like be the most popular phone, but be the most dedicated, if that makes sense. Right. It's like, I feel like the way people look at like a mini device or also the way people look at like the light version of Nintendo devices, right? Where like, there are people who will buy the smallest form factor they can because they just want that small form factor, but it's, but they always buy small, right? They always buy the small form factor. They even, regardless of, you know, if it's like a high end or low end product, they just don't want to deal with the bigger screen. So I think what they're going to find is that People who buy this. Will probably buy like the next upgrade when it comes out. Right, to right. I
0: think I think that's what Apple is counting on. Is that Apple? I think saw the saw the saw the sales of the iPhone SE. Right, like they saw the SE two. You know when they released the SE two. Like they were a little surprised that the SU was so popular, right? Like it was like a thing that they were like, wait, you guys actually, wait, hold up. You guys actually want to buy, like people actually want to buy this. Like people, people, there are people who want to buy these small phones. All right. I mean, sure. Um, so I guess they realized that they, they have to have a sec, like a, like a market, like a segmentation here where they have to have a small device. Uh, and one especially that's like a, pre- like not like a, uh, like a, one of the like the, I guess the premium like the the new design like without the bezels like they kind of have that like for for the people who wanna like only will buy the small phone so they they can't like ignore that market I think the market is significant enough that they they're gonna be like yeah we have to we have to compete in that like otherwise people are gonna go elsewhere so they they might as well just make the smaller phone here uh so like it, I mean we we can we like the, the Spec-wise, is there a, like any differences from the twelve other than the battery size, like uh, the screen size? No,
1: no, same, same processor, same RAM, same everything. I mean, obviously, different screen size, right? But same quality screen.
0: Okay, so so we have so we have the same same. Uh, so let's talk about the like. The, I mean, let's talk about the twelve then. Like let's let's talk about the the one that everyone months. should buy, right? Every, like, everyone, everyone 12 the 12 this, the, this is the one. This is the uh, like. This is the one. I guess that's going to... Sell the most stuff, right? Like, this is gonna, this is gonna be the one that I have the most stock of, I guess. Uh, so iPhone 12. I, I mean, this is, this is, I, I, I like, I, let me just say, I love the, uh, talk about the design, the physical aspect of this. I love the return to the, uh, the square edges, uh, of the, from the iPhone 4 and iPhone 5 era, right? Like, uh, like, I love the, like, I love that design. And especially, i'm a huge huge fan of the blue color like that's 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 my that's my color right there that's that's the good color right there that's the i'm really glad the the colors this year especially are really good and especially the blue one is superb uh so what are the what are like let's let's get the specs out of the way so what are the like the main series of specs so we have a new processor obviously right uh what, which, what is the process? The a-
1: A14 a Bionic, which is a, um, I think a higher spec version of the A14 we saw on the iPad Pro last, or iPad Air last month.
0: Right, right. Okay. So we have the, we uh, have the, uh, new chip here and we have the OLED screen right now. We have the OLED screen in all of the phones. All of the, all of the new phones launched this year, uh, from Apple, I've have OLED screens, which is, I think the, f- First, I mean the whole lineup is not OLED, but that it does mean this, like generation wise, like I think going forward, we're not going to see LCD devices from Apple anymore. Right? I'm I'm
1: kind of sad, but I'm only sad because it's me and I'm I'm snobby about displays because I don't think we've talked about it that much on the pod before. Um, and fair warning, don't go looking for what I'm going to say if you have an OLED screen on your phone, PZ, Well, don't go looking for this, but so. The issue with OLEDs, and this is like not just an Apple problem. This is a Samsung problem. This is, you know, OLEDs as a whole can exhibit these issues where OLEDs at lower brightnesses sometimes will start to flicker because to lower the brightness, you have to do some weird stuff with the refresh rate. And it's noticeable to some people me i can see it on darker backgrounds when i have an oled at a more um, brightness other issue and that sort of ex- it shows itself once again please don't go looking for this but if text will start sort of looking wavy like flickery and wavy like say you have a black background a white text yeah it's jello
0: uh, it's like a jelly jelly like jelly like jello is it like the jelly no, jelly scrolling is
1: different. So that's smearing. So Apple's OLEDs don't smear. Samsung's high-end OLEDs don't really smear. Cheap OLEDs will smear a whole bunch. You you may notice if you are a gamer and you do PC gaming, you may notice smearing when, say, for example. You buy like a high refresh rate monitor, but the monitor itself isn't really that optimized to support that high of a refresh rate. So the pixels don't switch quick enough, even though it's technically trying to display an image at 300 hertz, like 144 hertz. But the pixels aren't switching, you know, on, you know, between different colors fast enough. So there's ghosting and there's artifacts, right, of the prior image while it's trying to switch. So in PC land, they have like overdrive modes and and stuff to go ahead and try and reduce that. On OLED, just because of image retention, right? If you're trying to scroll really fast, you sometimes may notice that all OLEDs do this. It's not just an Apple-specific problem. I'd say Apple's probably are better quality in terms of them. And just for me, I love OLEDs for content. I do not like them for user interfaces that much. That's personally my own opinion. I live with the OLED on the iPhone. Yeah, I,
0: I, I don't, ha- I, I, I don't notice. Like, I, I, I tried to th- look for what he said. I didn't see it. So, I, I am happy that I didn't notice actually. Because
1: well, I mean, I and do- the thing is too, if you do notice it, you just turn on light mode, right? Like light mode will, will solve those issues for you because it's a white background. So that's like the the fixes that I do is I use my phone on light mode. But I I just you you know like it, it's if you notice it it's, it's not great. LCDs don't exhibit these issues.
0: It's one of those things like it's noticing like you know it's like sometimes LCD panels will have like light bleed at the edges. Mm, I don't know yeah. if you know. It. Yeah, on the backlight uh, bleed. Yeah, backlight bleed. Right, and that's also something. I mean, it's it's not really a big deal, but like it's something you will notice if you can't pay attention to it. But I like I'm like OLED is, like I'm I'm happy with though like I have the iPhone XS right that's also an OLED display.
1: I mean you, you like iPhone XS too is not great OLED because it doesn't have a great sustained peak brightness on it.
0: But it's like it's good enough for me right? Like I, I'm not like I'm not a display expert. I'll just say that like I I just I do like a good display. But I'm not like I'm not like paying like really close attention to the details of a display as long as it looks like you know. With all the stuff that I have to do on it, it looks fine. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm good.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, like, 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 like real talk. Once you get past the VA panel, once you go to IPS or OLED, you're fine. <laughs> like, really.
0: Okay, so let's like let's talk about the on screen a little more. So there is uh, the peak brightness here, right? This is your territory. So you have the twelve, one thousand twelve nits, uh, and also support for uh, Dolby Vision HDR ten. And uh, wait, so HL- no, that's
1: on the Pro. So the elevens go. So peak peak is eight hundred. I thought not twelve hundred. Oh,
0: uh, I know if the verge article says the. The OLED, iPhone 12's OLED screen is the peak brightness of 1200. Uh, so I'm I'm not sure. Like maybe maybe the- maybe well,
1: and when we say peak brightness, too, I think it's important to say if you turn the brightness up on your display, it does not go to 1200 nits. This is an HDR content, right? So like if you're watching if you're watching a video, right, a specific section of the display can peak out at 1200 nits.
0: 1200. Yes, it's it's not going to be like that all the time, and most probably not even most of the time, right? It's like. Like sometimes it's gonna be it's gonna be like that, uh, Dolby Vision HDR ten and HLG. And no you and and A Patel, uh, like the two <laughs> people in the, two people in the world who care a lot about Dolby Vision and HDR. And
1: okay, we will like wait that. until we get to the twelve
0: pros. Video okay, we'll get we'll, we'll get to it, it. We will hold okay, off so, on HDR for now. Okay, we'll talk about <laughs> let's let's talk about. Uh, I want to talk about the cameras a little bit. Uh, so, what do we what do we think about the cameras here? Uh, I, like, I, I'm not like, I think this year, especially, like, I, I think I, well, I guess not this year, but like, I've, as I've used iPhones over the years, I've come to realize that actually the, the camera is not that important. Like, I, I do like to have a, you know, a decent camera that performs well, especially in low light. But otherwise, like, I'm not like the huge, like, I don't need a lot of lenses or like a lot of, features are like a lot of like i'm not like i'm not a photographer i only casually take photos with my camera it's not it's not like a a big deal for if it doesn't have like a a telephoto lens uh but like is this is what what do you what do we think like so this is a 12 megapixel wide uh on on the on the on the 12 like two two camera two lenses
1: so i think the difference between the 12 and the 12 pro is What, what, how do you treat your phone cameras? So I, for example, ever since I got the 11 Pro, I absolutely use all three lenses, right? There are, I have had use cases once again, if we were in 2020 and I could go outside again, right? I have had use cases where the telephotos came in handy, come in handy. Can't speak. Um, I've had cases where the ultra wide has, I've cases where the regular has, and I've cases for switching between night mode and trying to do portrait stuff. All have come in handy, but that's it's it depends on who you are and how you take photos, right? If you're the kind of person who just opens the camera, presses the button, and wants a good picture, go for the 12. If you're the kind of person who'd rather play around with settings and play with the different lenses to see what photo you can get, then the pro.
0: No, uh, no. See, this that, that's the that, that's the thing, right? I'm not I'm not here to like mess with like you know ISO and like for shutter speed and all that, all that sort of like, I respect the people who do, but it's, it's not really, it's not really my thing. So I, I am going, I like, I'm going for the 12 as, as I will talk about a little later, but like, that's not important. Like I just want to like take, like, I just want a better, Low light performance than the 10s camera. I think. Ooh, night mode. You
1: are going to love night
0: mode. You, I think that's the thing. I, like I, especially like not, especially low light is is like the one thing that I know the 10s is not good at. Like low light, I can like I can sort of see like even though I'm not like a, like a photography expert or anything, you can see like the 10s is like struggling at in low light, right? Like it's not it's not the best situation for it, for that camera. So I'm I'm really looking forward to a better performance in low light like that's the thing i care
1: yeah, about yeah no about. definitely you're definitely going to upgrade your only fans game but Oh
0: <laughs> my only fan. all right uh yeah like low light is is the thing i care about like uh, i don't care about the multi- like two lenses uh it's, it's all good like what are the two lenses and one is the uh like so one, it's wide and ultra wide oh okay oh wide and ultra wide okay, okay in my ultra-wide. opinion
1: that's the right compromise to make for the lower price phones for the reason of i think it's i don't know i forgot which blogger phrased it this way but with telephotos, you can zoom with your feet. It's usually, you can usually get closer, but I've found in my own experience that like when I need to use the ultra wide, it's because I can't step back, right? Like say I'm at the against of a wall, like there's more uses for the ultra wide where I can't just walk. Whereas with the telephoto, I feel like in most circumstances, 2020, obviously not really the case, but assuming that wasn't the case where you could just zoom with your feet, right? And go a little bit closer to get that image.
0: Yeah. So, so this is, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad. Like, it, it's, I'm just glad that it's the, I mean, 10S is the low light performance. It's, it's not, that's, that's all I care about at this point. Um, the third, like, well, I'll, I'll leave the, the most annoying feature for last, but, uh, the, what is it? The MagSafe is the thing, right? The MagSafe is the sort of, I, I kind of like this actually. I think it's kind of like it, kind of like has this sort of whimsical thing to like, you know, sometimes when technology takes itself too seriously, it's kind of like a kind of off-putting, right? But this thing, I feel like, like the way Apple was showing it off, it felt a little like, you know, like sort of like a fun way to interact with, with, with a device, right? Like it sort of felt a little like, uh, like a little bit of whimsy, you know, like it, it's like, you know, look, it's magnets, you know, like you just, you just attach, like you just clip on this wallet thing to, to the back of your phone. It just sticks there. Like, you know, magnets are cool. Uh, so that's, it's just, that's what that is, right? So we have, you know, uh, like a magnet array on the back right uh like alignment magnets and the char- like and the charging coil so you know you can do wireless charging and you there is like you could like it attaches right like that's what it that is like when you when you put it out on the on these on these chargers uh or this like a new like the there's a new dual uh wireless charger right and you could uh You could just like put the phone down; it'll just it'll just attach itself automatically. You don't have to like you know align the coil or whatever. Um, So this is this is this is like the air power thing finally like realized in a way, right? Like the air power thing was like sort of like you know you just put the phone down, you put the watch down, and you know it will all charge, you know, like that kind of thing. Uh, But this is like finally like I guess they they realized that the air power was not really feasible, but this this seems more. I am still like, I don't know if I'm like wireless charging is one of those things that I just feel like I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm like distrustful of it or like just I don't think it's worth the trade offs. Like, I, 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 well,
1: there's a couple things about this, right? So, firstly, we should say MagSafe chargers are not chi chargers. The iPhones all still support chi charging, but these will not work on chi devices. They will work on prior gen iPhones though that do support wireless charging, but annoyingly enough, even though this looks like an Apple Watch charger, you can't use the charger watch, which I think is a bad move. I think they really should have made these compatible with the Apple Watch to have like a charger because we all know they're doing this so they can drop the port next year. But we'll talk about that later. But with these chargers, though, I I think there's a couple of things to know. A, wireless charging is objectively less efficient because you're not doing it directly with a cable, right? Like just in terms of the environmental perspective, in terms of heat output. Yeah, right.
0: So that's yeah. That's just that's just physics. It's uh, there. You can't just you can't like, art, like, you can't physics your way out of that. Like that's just how it works. So yeah, it is not more efficient, but it is. I it guess, does charge it, as
1: it, fast as a is a cable, right? I think actually five watt difference, maybe. So like the cable will do tw- eighteen watts. iPhones will charge eighteen watts max with a cable and a USB C fast charger. And with this, they charge at fifteen watts. So it's not that huge of a difference. It's still fast enough. I just. I like this implementation of this charger. I think we just need to be wary, though, of a proprietary wireless charging standard and the fact that it's, uh, you know, like technically not really more environmentally friendly than just doing. The no, cable it's,
0: one. it's waste. Like it's it's inefficient. It's more inefficient, right? Like it's it's. I mean, it is. I mean. It always, not even theoretically, it's it's practically more inefficient, right? It's not you're trading inefficiency for convenience, right? Like that's that's what that this is, right? It's just this is the convenience of you not having to unplug and plug in a cable into your phone, right? Like that's 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 the that's the convenience. You just put this thing down on this on this on this wireless charger, and it charges, and then like that's the thing you're think you're doing. It's it is more inefficient. That's uh, that's not the thing. And I think we it's time. I just, I've been saving this one for last because this is the most advertised of the features and also the most annoying of the features. Uh, and the biggest marketing push and the biggest hype thing that I've seen in a long time, which is basically a scam, is uh 5G. It's here, baby. It's real. It's the 5G is real as, as Verizon uh, CEO, I don't know what his name is, but uh, Verizon CEO, you know, uh, was there. Verizon CEO uh, came up on stage uh, and he talked for like uh, way too long. And I, I did not want to see, I did not ever need to see that ever again. But uh, 5G, folks, it's, it's uh, these, these, all these phones uh, have 5G. Uh, they have 5G asterisk,
1: asterisk, 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 let's, um, asterisk. Let's, asterisk. Let's, let's, take a, let's, let's talk about this for a quick second. So yeah. it's purely uh-huh. on bands. Purely on bands, all right? If you are in the U.S. and only in these United States of America, you get a millimeter wave, which means there are two different, multiple, many different SKUs actually now. The Canadian models are not the American models, they're not the Japan models, they're not the China models, right? The American models are their own specific unit that have millimeter wave antennas on them, regardless of what carrier you're on. So, you know, any iPhone sold in the US will have that. If you're in Canada, other countries, you buy an iPhone, I believe they might be cheaper because they don't have them, but I don't think Apple did it that way. But you do... Well, I think it's $30 cheaper, right? Because you don't, you don't have, like, the $729 that the US has, right? It'd be the equivalent of, like, $699 for the iPhone 11 or 12 mini, or sorry, 12 mini app. Yeah. But, so there's no millimeter-wave 5G, but they do support all the other bands for regular 5G, and TBQH, regular 5G is just amped up, like, uh, you know, LTE. Slightly. Right? LTE. It, not
0: even... Sometimes it's not even slightly faster than LTE. It's just... It's just 5G. Like, it's just like the, the this frequency is different, but it's like, you're not actually getting better speeds. And this is, this is the thing. I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to like say what, like, this is, I'm just going to echo basically what, what Dieter said on the, on the Vergecast is that if you're buying a new phone this year, it's going to probably, it's probably going to, especially if you're buying a flagship level price point device, you are going to get a 5G radio because carriers are pushing it really hard. But. Do like you that if you buy a new phone and like you get five g that's fine, but do not like don't make it your like don't make it the reason you're upgrading of upgrading a uh, buying a new device right like that's it's not it's like the five g availability is not there yet like the carriers are as much as they would love to market that they are not ready you know like the United states like Verizon is decidedly not ready Uh, especially millimeter wave is basically non-existent uh it's like only in like one spot in a few cities right you know it's like it's not like it's not widespread coverage it's it's not in a few years maybe you will be able to use millimeter wave more uh but like right now 5g is uh as 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 dita called it a scam
1: yeah and also i have some um feedback to bring in from um friend of the show jack he went ahead and sent me, um, you know, to be honest, the real reason I got the iPhone 12, my sole buying decision is that it has 5G. You know, that's really important here in Montana when in 14 years and the rest of the world is on 6G, we'll finally be getting 5G. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love the sense of humor in that. That's that's good. I love that. That's that's very good. Thank you, Jack. Uh, like, that's, yeah, that's that's what I'm feeling. Like, I, I as soon as, as soon as uh, Tim Cook, uh did started on this and i was just like oh, god here we go like it's the sort of the bar like the like the 5g industrial complex as it's called it's just it's it's unreal like don't believe the hype folks it's not it's not like I, i'm telling you right now it's it's not it's not ready like it's it's not worth the like if you're buying a new phone you don't want to just buy it for the kip for four 5G. Like 5G is not enough of an upgrade yet. Importantly
1: to, too, right? They have the smart data mode where it turns off the 5G radio unless you're doing something data intensive. So it doesn't even run on 5G for most of the time.
0: For for me, it won't. Like uh my 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 MBNO of like my TELUS MVNO doesn't have 5G as far as I know. Um so it I mean it is on the TELUS network. I don't think TELUS has deployed a 5G uh across Canada. So uh so I do I will still be on LTE as a, as I will. I mean, it doesn't even matter because the most data heavy stuff I do is like load a web page. Like I, I like I'm not like I don't stream over LTE. Like I do not do that because data is, as other Canadians may know, very expensive. It's it's very very expensive. Uh, so uh, so I I do not I do not actually need 5G.
1: Well, I think it's different different than the US for not piece of 5G, but the data story is different because, like for example, over here I can get 10 gigabytes of data for like 30 bucks on an MVNO. So it's a little bit different where like actually like streaming is, or you, hell even using like your phone as your only internet source is probably bad because America has no infrastructure, literally none. But it is something people do, and because of that, I think once assuming this is actually deployed, right? Like assuming a couple of years from now where there's actual wide deployment i actually think millimeter wave as home internet may not be the best but it considering if your alternative is satellite not a bad idea
0: Exactly. That's that's what I'm thinking. Is like it's in a few years. Like who knows? Honestly, like we'll see what happens. But right now, it's, the millimeter wave stuff is 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 basically experimental. Like it's barely there. Uh, the, te- the technology is only deployed in a few cities and only in specific areas of those cities as well. So it's not like even those cities are not like fully blanketed with millimeter waves. So it's it's not. It's not ready yet. Like, it's just, just not ready yet, which is, you, you might be asking, why are they marketing it so hard? It's because carriers want you to buy new phones. Uh, and the way they wanted, the are selling phones this year is, is marketing 5G. That's,
1: they also don't have a lot more to, to sell these phones on. They don't have
0: anything else to market. So they, they, they on the onto the one thing they know they can market is, is, is 5G. You know, they love that shit. Uh, all, all the carriers love that kind of like, this is not some carrier, typical carrier. Carrier bullshit. It doesn't matter which country you're from. You're gonna see this sort of marketing. I don't think. It, I don't think American carriers are the only ones that are gonna be doing that. I I already saw. Oh, fuck. I was outside yesterday and I saw a billboard with a Rogers ad. Advertising five G and uh, so yeah, it's, it's happening over here as well. Uh, love love to see it uh, actually, but yes, five G is a thing. If you are buying one of these devices, you will have a five like these. Uh, the there are five G antennas. Uh, there's a five G radio in it. I will support five G millimeter wave. Obviously, is only being supported in in the United States,
1: even including uh, in the U S. Specifically,
0: okay, okay, uh, and like different, like I mean. You, bands and whatnot
1: so oh as a side note too we need to talk about something really disgusting so you know on the side of the phone right it has like the millimeter wave circle on the american models on the british models it has the fcc or whatever the uk equivalent of that is because there's like some government rule that it has to be printed on the body of the phone so they just printed it on the side rail which is hilarious to me
0: why why not print it on the back like they used to
1: like because it's on glass you can't etch it on glass like that right it's
0: glass Oh, love, regulations. That's so good. Uh, that's, that's incredible truly. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm like this, that's why I saved this feature for last because in my, in my humble opinion, it is not really a feature. It's, it's just carriers want it to be, but it's not. Uh, so we have 5g, even though it's networks are not really ready yet. Uh, and you know, the marketing hype, I'm just going to look, Uh Faster download speeds and lower latency is actually a good thing. Like, I'm not dismissing the technology. Let, let me just make this clear, right? Like, I, I'm not being like, this new technology is bad because if they're advertising it. This new technology will be useful at some point if it actually is like, you know, being deployed like across the countries like across networks and you know actually be well supported like the lower latency and higher download speeds will be beneficial uh, not just for people who stream a lot but just in general the low latency will will benefit people low latency always benefits all sorts of things so like it will be beneficial just just not yet it just just not ready yet uh, the technology is not really the problem it's more like uh, it turns out it's it turns out it's marketing uh so that's that's five is there anything else we should mention about the twelve before we move on to the twelve pro I think that's I think that's pretty much it i think covered we covered all of it uh so the twelve pro so we have our this is i guess the 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 halo product the flagship you know like the big one the expense the most expensive of the expensive devices uh the most expensive iphone this year uh twelve pro so what is what are the big differences of the twelve pro so I guess you could take this segment. Is uh, like what, what what's ha- what's happening with the trooper? What's, what's H-D-E-R. extra?
1: HDR, <laughs> HDR, HDR. Oh Hell yeah, brother! HDR. Okay, so. Let's, I'm going to not talk about the phones for a minute, but we'll get back to the phones. Let's talk about HDR and why that matters to you. For years, for years, I have been saying, I have been saying for years that color is more important to the satisfaction of an image, to your enjoyment of an image rather than resolution, right? Every time we talk about video games, we always say a color accurate monitor, HDR, you're going to have a better time than something that's 4K. Even if like 1080p, 1440p HDR looks clean and you're good. So why is HDR important here? Because the HDR pipeline is shit right now. For example, Samsung note phones will only, you can record an HDR on a Samsung phone, but you can only play it back if you have a Samsung TV. Literally that on Windows, Video games can run in HDR, but you have to manually switch your monitor to HDR mode. You have to switch Windows into HDR mode. The desktop doesn't run in HDR. It's not a great story. Linux, I checked on Mastodon, and what I got back back is shruggy uh, Wayland, maybe, in 20 years, when Wayland actually stops being um, vaporware. Don't at me. I know Wayland is not vaporware, but it really is. Anyways, I'm at packetcatemporer.social if you'd like to send notes on on, um, display servers. And so... For better or worse, Apple is the only one who has proper HDR workflows. Mac OS on the desktop. Any Mac sold since 2018 does HDR. The iPhone's back to the iPhone 10, I believe, will support HDR in one form or another. And even on an LCD screen, right, it'll still do HDR, which is great because even if you say don't get like the super big contrast to get with OLED, you still get the expanded color range because all HDR is in the P3 color gamut and is not in SDR. So that means there are more colors to view from. It is a richer image. It looks better. But the problem being, if you did want to create HDR, you could buy the Pro Display XDR and a Mac Pro, right? And do HDR workflows on that. Um, because that is the one of the only few consumer ish grade monitors. I mean, 6,000, but it's not, it's not like a $10,000, $20,000 no, Sony not, monitor, it's not a, right? It's not a
0: 10,000 Sony reference monitor.
1: Yeah. So uh, outside of reference monitors, you have, there's a couple, I think Asus has one as well. That's like around the $5,000 range that you can um, actually master HDR content in. Problem being though, there's no like consumer grade HDR capture, right? There's no like, you, you have to buy like a red cinema camera, um, a black magic 12k camera, right? Like a very, you know, one of the professional grade Sony cameras to actually record HDR. And so the difference to the 12 to the 12 Pro is there are three cameras, and we'll talk about photos in a minute, but the camera system can record HDR10, HLG, and Dolby Vision, which in my... So if we're going to stack rank best HDR implementations, which is in my own opinion, Dolby Vision, chef's kiss, beautiful. HDR10, fine. HDR10 is an open standard, which means that an HDR10 implementation is not one and the same, right? It's sort of like Markdown. There is Markdown, but... Markdown on GitHub is different from Markdown on WordPress, which is different from Markdown in my text editor of choice, right? They all have different flavors on it. Ditto for how colors are sometimes created with HDR 10, which is why I personally avoid it because one, one person's good HDR 10 is absolute trash on my display, right? So it's not fun. Um, and then we have HLG. HLG is a standard made by the BBC and the NHK, which are the two public, um, radio or, um, TV sort of, um, things in, in Japan, broadcasters in Japan. Yeah. And so. How HLG works, I think, is actually really interesting because it's the most compatible. Dolby Vision, like, you need... Dolby Vision will look... Well, it looks bad if you try and play it back on a non-Dolby Vision certified display. But HLG, think of it like this. An MP3 file has metadata in it, right? Now, let's say, for example, um, maybe Opus, actually. I think Opus is a better standard because it's an open spec, right? So Opus, there's metadata in an Opus file. And let's say, for example, I made a new, um, extension to it, right? That had podcast information, you put chapter arts in it. You could put, um, you know, different, um, images in it for, uh, or, or rather, uh, metadata for, um, chapters and all that stuff, right? So let's say how we made it though is that it's at the tail end of the opus file. And so it's not read by anything that doesn't support the standard, but my overcast will read it because, it, you know, overcast is coded in support for it. It's like HLG will work. So think of it, the first 90% of an HLG file is SDR range and then the last 10% is metadata about the um, HDR color space, right? So it's sort of like it has extended color range at the very end of it. Um, This is simplification. I know it's not technically how that works in the metadata file, but it it works with examples. So what that means is when you're um, viewing this content on an SDR display, it ignores that last 10% of metadata, so it displays fine in SDR, but If a display supports HLG, it will go ahead then and see that last 10% of the metadata and apply the new color gamut, right? Apply the new LUTs to it. So you have HDR on it. So supporting all three is really useful because how it works is you upload it to anything, you will not get HDR one way or another, right? Upload it to you. I actually don't know if YouTube... Well, YouTube will let you upload an HDR. Do not know off the top of my head what display standards YouTube supports. Um, knowing Google, it's probably some bullshit because Google's um, videos... I'm not going to get into that. So the nice thing, though, is this is consumer-grade HDR 4K60 on the 12 Pros. The 12 regular can only support, record HDR at 4K30 and lower resolutions. And once again, why is this important? People use iPhones for vlogging. People use iPhones to record video, right? If you you can say jump, it also I believe will push right these vlogger mid-range thousand dollar, two thousand dollar cameras to support HDR because the iPhones will now do it. Which means that HDRs become a lot more accessible to many right. more people. I, I
0: think that's. I think it is. Yeah, it is going to bring down the price point of this, like the like the lower end of the like HDR camera. Bucket right, like it's it's gonna like bring that down. So I'm I'm like really curious what's gonna happen in a few years when like Sony is releasing new can new like cameras with like HDR on it that's much cheaper than what they have right now. Uh, so that's, that's good. Like I'm I'm look I, I know like HDR is sort of like the new addition to the shades of brown bingo card, but like. Uh, jokes aside, like I, I, do think HDR is like you know. I just don't have the key. like I, I. Well, I.
1: Well, I mean, well, like your your phone's the only thing. That's my problem, right? Every time, like the issue HDR, it's like it's like the new video game consoles, right? It's like trying to explain to someone what an NVMe SSD does. I can't like tell you right how better it is. You have to, you have to experience it. I can throw out the numbers. I can throw out other stuff, but you can't like really see it or feel it.
0: Yeah, like it's one of those things that you have to like, when you have to like, know, like see the comparisons and see for yourself, right? Like it's really is. So that's what I'm curious. I, I will have the iPhone 12 and I want, I'm, I'm curious to see what's the HDR content looks like on it. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, all
1: great. I'm saying is that OnlyFans needs Dolby vision support because oof. I will stop making jokes about that now. But so now that we have the uh, now that we have the video HDR, I, I hit that bingo card. I'll talk about images in LiDAR and AR. So this
0: <laughs> these pros So do you want to talk about the lenses? For, for, do you want to talk about the new camera on the on the on the 12 Pro and the 12 Pro Max, like the the third lens?
1: Uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get into the we'll get into the the, the new camera system. He's basically it has improved telephoto, improved wide lens, and then on the. On the Pro Max specifically, it has an improved um, sensor array as well. That's only on that model. And it has a different kind of OIS on it for video where... So, how regular image stabilization works, right? Optical image stabilization works is that the lens itself, is a, it's sort of like in like a, a gimbal of its own, right? Where if you move the phone, there's stabilization hardware that means that the lens stays stable, even though you're shaking the phone, right? But what this does now on the Pro Max is it actually keeps the entire sensor stable. So the lens being stable means that you can still get judder or, you know, other distortion piece of sensor could be moving too. But if the whole unit's stable, you get far smoother video, even if you're walking.
0: Right. The, the, they are calling it uh, sensor shift OIS, right? Uh, Like, you can... Yeah, but it, it gives it the ability to do like two second exposures, right? With the handout. Like it's, it is just, I am like, I am looking forward to the the photographer blog posts about this. Like honestly, I'm really, like I'm not a photographer, but I'm, i I love to read those. Like, you know, like who was it that does these photography reviews every year? I forget. Mm-hmm. His Someone name,
1: Merlin something. Merlin. I don't know. Not
0: Merlin. Something Merlin, man. I, I something man. Jonathan is, man, I think. or something I like think, that yeah. Man. I think, yeah. He always does like this really detailed. Uh, reviews of the iPhone cameras, and I'm looking, especially for, like this year, I'm looking forward to what, what he thinks of this, uh, of this like wide 1X camera, like it, and this, this new, like, that it's the, the sensor shift OIS, and like what does, what that actually means for, for like professional photographers, people who know how to use a camera, uh, because it's one of those things that I think really is designed for pros, right? Like this is one of those features that uh, pros are looking at for sure. Like it's it's not really like a casual camera feature for the for everybody else. Like I think. It
1: but really- but I think the thing about the iPhone camera system, though, and this is my own experience of having an Eleven Pro for the last year, is that it is an accessible jump to get into it. Right? There are knobs, right? There's obviously toggles, but it is not as scary as going from you know like a, a Samsung phone to a DSLR, right? It are, It is still, it's a half step, but it is powerful enough, I think.
0: It is powerful enough. And like, you have apps like, uh, Halide, right? You know, that, that sort of enhance the, the, the like, you know, you can get into Halide and like try to understand what it does and like mess around with the various, you know, like ISO and shutter speed and f-stops and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm just like, I'm curious what this, what this photography and video stuff is going to be when the, when the reviews come out. The third lens, obviously, is the, uh, this is the one that the non pro models do not have, which is the, the telephoto lens, right? Uh, and I, I'm, I opted for the 12 because I, I don't think a telephoto lens personally is all that important to me. Uh, and I don't see the like, like I don't see the other features being other, that important either. But like, what, like, what, what are you like? What do you like? What are your thoughts on like a like having a telephoto lens on on a, on a phone camera? Like, what does that give you? Like, do you, do you find it important, or is it like sort of like a nice thing to have, but like not not like a like if it do, if a phone doesn't have it, it's not like a deal breaker. Like, I don't know. What do you think?
1: So the way I I want to phrase it is. I have gotten shots on my phone that I could not have gotten with the telephoto, but they are not, it's not mission critical, right? I'm in the middle zone. Like you sort of said, where to me, I'm not going to cry over a phone not having it, but if it's there, I've, de- I've used the telephoto piece. I should say on the 11 Pro wide and telephoto support night mode, ultra wide does not. On the new, um, 12s, every, all three lenses support, including the front camera support night mode now. So because the 12 has the, the telephoto lens on the 12 has supported night mode once again, I used to go to bars. There are definitely shots I've gotten at low light that I could not have gotten because it's a crowded place, right? I I really couldn't zoom at my feet then. But at the same time, it still wasn't like, you know, the end of the world that I couldn't get that shot. So I, for me, I I, I honestly, just for the HDR things alone, I would, if I would, I, I think I am someone who would stick to the pro line. But I understand for most people, it is not that important. But I think that the there are good cameras, though. There, even if it's a telephoto that you might not use, it doesn't make it, you know, not a bad lens to have. No, no, no.
0: I, 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 I that's what I'm, that's why I'm waiting for the like the photographers to review this because that's where I think the it's gonna like really like, like the capabilities are gonna be shown in that way for sure. Professionals will be able to use this sort of thing a lot better. Uh, so I, what, what, what's, we got other LIDAR, difference? we got LiDAR, LIDAR, the last, last, last sensor. So there's a, a, is is this is on all the pro models, right? The yeah, pro, pro models. The pro Max, no, okay.
1: well, the Pro Max and regular Pro have it, but the 12s do not. The base models. The 12s so. do not. Okay, so
0: it's it's a Pro only feature. Uh, this is the one that's the most niche of the features. Like, I I I really think this is the one that I, I think is the most niche is the is the lidar sensor. Like, what does so what does the LiDAR... like what does I guess what is lidar in the first? I think I feel like I don't know if everybody knows what the lidar. Is I feel like we need. Like,
1: well, so so lidar can basically capture um, depth information, right? It's a, it's a way to capture depth information. So like, for example, the the these phones use it for basically focus, right? It'll it gets better focus, which is the main thing the camera system uses it for, but. Um, the real example that I think is where it's more useful is AR, and I know AR is like uh, a meme, sort of like not something that's useful. But um, uh, say hey, still working on virtual studio. Um, I'm not gonna lie, uh, depression kicked in about a month ago, but I started picking back work up on it. So, but with virtual studio like i think we mentioned it originally when we we're talking about the ipad pro that came at lidar earlier in the year say for example back camera ar lidar is super important because on the front camera you have the depth sensors right you have those there that will detect your face and detect depth so you can blend ar images into a scene so there are is there already support on ios for mapping out limbs it's a little weird to say phrase it that way but it's like you can get a skeleton map of like bone movements and stuff on someone, which basically is how you rig up someone, right? You put the little balls to rig up someone and you have a special, like, I think it's ultralight camera that sort of um, captures that data. And then you can map it to a 3d object in unity, right? To rig it up. You can do something similar like that with the LIDAR sensor. It, well, you can do it without the LIDAR sensor, but it only goes off machine learning. With LIDAR, you get more information back, rate right, on mapping out depth. So you get more accurate mapping, which means, once again, for those of you who watch VTubers there, with a back camera AR system using all these cameras and the, you know, ML sort of accelerators in the A14, you can get I don't know if it'd be good because I haven't like I've done a little bit of work on doing back camera stuff on seeing how you can place objects but I haven't gone really that far of trying to blend you know in like um, anime girl objects but in theory with enough work put in the the hardware support is there to map out an anime girl to someone's like actual body have it blend into the real environment right because you can get reflection mapping you can get all sorts of other like ray lighting and stuff right you can get even foam grain to match like the ISO of the room you're in overlaid on the AR image so enough work with this LiDAR sensor specifically, you can get stuff like using an iPad or an iPhone to basically be like you know, um, if you've ever seen any if any of you have ever seen the HoloLive do their live shows, right? Where they basically have a um, 3D scene that I think it's they use Unity for their internal tools, but they have like the they have the girls, I think they're probably rigged up somehow, right? And they're like recording live and doing like a live show with the virtual avatars while of course, you know, the actual atrix, at- actresses are singing. And you could in fact do a good amount of that with just an iPhone mirrored out or an iPad mirrored out, right. Or capturing the data from it and having it rendered out on a Mac, right. Where you could even build like a physical set, right. And have enough of these phones use as cameras to blend them into it, right. And have different angles in that. And that's sort of what this LiDAR sensor enables. Granted, I'm like the only person who cares. You shouldn't care about LADAR. I'm saying it can do all of this, right? But that's because
0: Yeah, it's it that's what I was saying. This is the most niche of the, the pro features, right? The, the pro or the, or the features that the pro model has. Like this this was the one I was like, okay, this I mean, this is cool, but this is like clearly the most like this is gonna be a very niche. Amount of apps that are ever going to use this, like I like, it's going to be AR stuff. Like, I think it's more shit. for enterprise
1: stuff, right? Like, people have iPhones on their job, right? Like, there is good lidar support. For like, say for example, you're doing um like Google Glass is used in Hololens, right? Uses industrial work. P is for example, say you're building, you're um working on machine construction, right? and you, for example, you have, like, the AR glasses on, and it will have, like, the instruction booklet overlaid, right, saying how much torque you need to apply to a screw, because it's basically measuring out what you have in your hands, telling you if the tolerances are right. So that sort of application can already be with, like, AR glasses. So this could also be moved to the phone with better AR using the LiDAR sensor. So there are some, like, I think, industrial uses of it. But, yeah, not really anything consumer right now.
0: Yeah, that that's, yeah. Uh, the, I think before we I, I guess talk about the the charger thing is the uh the pro raw uh i guess we should mention the, the horniest stuff. the format name oh, no, <laughs> so pro raw <laughs> is apple's <laughs> new proprietary raw format uh for for uh which will enable you know shooting raw images using the built-in camera app On the, is this only on the pro models? Is this, is, yeah, okay, okay,
1: okay. Yeah, it's only on the pro models. And I think the, the way to explain this is, so what is a raw image? Um, a raw image is basically the sensor data along with the image itself, right? So. If you're doing a regular camera, a lot of people like to shoot in RAW because while it does give you a tannically duller image, you can basically color grade it after the fact, right? So a lot of people, professional photographers will capture in RAW. And then in Photoshop, Lightroom, they have a color workflow, right, to go ahead and make the photo look good. It's just that you get more data. It's like a lossless photo format. The nice part, the the compromise has always been, though, with cell phones is... A lot of what makes cell phones take good pictures, the Pixel, Samsung phones, these new iPhones, is computational photography, where it is capturing an image. Sure, but it's also capturing other data that is then used to generate the final image that you see on your own phone. There has not been, though, a raw format that supports doing this, you know, comp- including this computational data along with the sensor data. So... While this is at the moment a proprietary format, there is no open format right now for them to use. You, raw existing RAW does not support this computational data. I would hope that this there becomes an open format, right? So pixel phones, Samsung phones can also like shoot in a RAW format. But as of right now, there isn't one, so that's why this is only on these phones. But I really hope that if there re- it becomes like an open one, that they switch to that instead of their proprietary one. But it's Apple, so who knows? But the nice thing being though that, like I said. This means you can now do some other computational stuff, right? Like say you disagree with how Apple does tone mapping. Well, if you have the computational data for how it gathered, you know, the faces and all of that, right? In theory, you know, Adobe Pixelmator, they could write their own tone mapping algorithms, right? And you could use those instead or you yourself. Could write your own computational engine if you wanted to, right? There's just a lot. There's a lot more flexibility in also capturing the the sensor data on top of like the the sort of machine learning data that that comes with these photos.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious what apps like uh, Halide will be able to do in this once this actually comes out. This is not going to be out till uh, Apple said later this year, so like fourteen point two maybe. Like so, it's it's not it's not going to be out as of yet. like, it's not going to be out as of, as of 1D, when these devices actually come out, uh, released, I think. So, so it's, it's, it's one of those features that's going to come later. But, so that's, I mean, that's the pro. And that's like the last, I think, I guess this is the last thing, uh, is the, is the chart, no chargers in the box thing. I, honestly, I'll be real with you. This, I, this barely registers to me as a controversy, but it is something that people are talking about because it's a point that Apple, made in in their in their in their their fucking video is that they will not be uh shipping with uh new iphones with your ear, uh earbuds or wall chargers and the reason that they gave was that it, to reduce uh the environmental impact uh of these phones uh i i think I think sort of like the the real thing here is like the sort of the real, the reality is that, yes, it will reduce the environmental impact. Yes, it will also cause the environmental impact to move to like anchor or like, you know, third party, like charger companies, right? But not all of it, right? I think it will still be a net benefit, like, right? Like I, like from like, I'm just like theoretically thinking it. I was like, if you're upgrading from an iPhone, you already have like a charger brick, right? Like you will have a charger brick, and that's a lot of people. Like that's that's a lot of people that don't don't need another charger brick,
1: right? Like, or I, or two these all these phones come at USB C at the end. So if you have a USB C charger from anything, right, at another Nintendo Switch charger, you bought an Android phone in recent years. Well, actually. This is going to be a question for those of you who use Android. Your phones, most Android phones have USB C -C on the device. Did your phone come with a USB A brick or a USB C brick? Like, I'm actually curious.
0: Yes. Good question, Ashley. Yeah, I'm curious, Ashley. Like, what is this? Like, I, I I still use the US, I mean, I'm, I'm USB A, obviously, because I haven't like gotten the iPhone 12 yet, but like, I'm planning on keeping using the USB A cables for now. Like, I don't have USB C. Ports? Well, I, maybe I do, but I don't have USB C. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't think I really have USB C. To be honest, so it's like it's really. I feel like even the cable included in this is going to be like, mm, well, without the wall brick, it's kind of useless. Uh, so that's that's the thing. Uh, it's, the not having the lightning earpods, maybe it's like, I don't know. Like that, that one is a light, slightly worse. I don't know. Maybe people like.
1: How many people use those, those ear pods though? Like, like real talk. Like, I, I guess by now, like,
0: I, you would be surprised how many people use these. It's, I see these every, like, I, it is quite possibly the most common, like, your, like, like, like in your head, like not headphones, but like, like the earpods are very popular because they used like they, until, until now, they used to come with a device, right? Like that makes them the default choice for people who just use it for like calls or like, you know, just bit like light audio listening or whatever like it's very popular like you i, I, I think we underestimate how popular the the like the like the airpods are actually
1: yeah i guess i'm just i'm just conflicted on it because like you said there's multiple perspectives right there's a they're doing gonna save money of course they didn't this is a money-saving move they're making more money on the phones b they are reducing environmental impact by making the box half the size right c anchor is going to sell a lot more and i will be real with you like this is unsolicited advice from me. Anchor stuff is good. Just buy Anchor chargers. I buy, I use only the Anchor chargers for my phones and I've never had an issue with them where I've I've had lightning cables break on me. So just as a, just as a uh, unsolicited tip. Yeah, sure. I'm more than happy for Anchor to get more business because they make good stuff and their cables don't break and they have good warranties on them. But also Anchor will not have a higher impact if they sell more. But I guess to right, Anchor could also just like, you know, I think it's, I think what we shift from though, is because Nintendo did this with the 3DS. Um, Nintendo stopped including chargers with the new 3DS, and I don't think it was a problem because it makes getting a charger an intentional choice, which is a little I think sounds a little strange, but it's more of I think we get a lot of waste from you getting something you don't need, right? Like, for example, every time you go to a restaurant, they give you Oh my god, I'm about to make the paper straw debate, I'm so sorry. But every time you go to a restaurant and you get like takeout, they might give you utensils. But how often do you actually end up using your metal ones you have at your house and throwing those away, right? And that's just plastic waste. And I think like Uber Eats does this, where you have to now request if you want them. People will give it to you for free if you want them. But by default, they don't give it to you because if you're being delivered to your home, chances are you probably have a fork to begin with. And I think, I think switching things from being by default to being an opt-in choice or an intentional, like I have to go out and get this, can reduce the environmental load.
0: I, yeah, I, I, I agree actually on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think I would be curious what people, other people think about this. This is one of those things that, uh, the answer is not like, not, not as black and white. It's, it's a little bit more like, you know, like, like a little bit of a gray here. Like it's a little, it is environment, like it is both good and bad. So it is like, you know, it's now what what do people think i'm curious what people think about this is does it does this matter to you or like is this just just just, a, just a, it's not an on and on it's not a problem so i think we could, we should wrap up uh, i don't know if we have anything else to talk about we will link uh federico vitici's uh Max uh Mac stories ios ipad os 14 review and i would recommend reading those as usual federico does a, a, a great job with these, it's they're, they're very fun to read. Uh, and is there anything else before we wrap up? Like, I don't think I think I think we got everything.
1: Um, well, I think the only thing I'd want to say is I'm a fan of the new look. Um, I think you should mention that you did buy the old oh, blue 12.
0: <laughs> yes, I I did buy I did buy uh, I did pre-order the iPhone 12, uh, the 256 gigabyte model with uh in, in the blue color uh which is the new blue color which i think looks incredible like i, I i'm very excited to get like a phone that's not not a black right like i i don't know this feels like a weird thing to say but like i've never bought a phone that's not in black so like let I, me tell I, you I, when
1: you start embracing colors it, things are good colors are yeah, good
0: i i'm excited i'm i'm personally very excited for this phone to show up on on upcoming friday so i don't know if we will do a podcast next week but i will will talk about the new phone when it kind
1: of Yeah yeah, yeah. Sure. basically i will just send you nothing but clips of Cassandra and Assassin's Creed but in HDR i will send you my HDR playlist on youtube oh my and you God. will just and you will of see course. how great HDR is and of course I, <laughs> you have an HDR playlist <laughs> absolutely i have an AV1 playlist too but that's another oh story God. for another day however the last thing i think we should mention is the batteries are bigger on the 11 versus the 12, and I'm a little bit curious to see how that plays out because it has a my phone has a bigger battery than yours. My phone's battery life has been a one and popping. This thing lasts, and even a year in still lasts over a day. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Yes, I'm mostly though. I think it's one of those things where uh, if I'm upgrading from a 10s,
1: uh, oh, your battery's already poopoo uh, to begin with, so it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's a comparison. It's weird, but I'm I'm definitely I'm like there's a processor like uh like the it's the eight nanometers right like it's the five, the, five the sh- nanometers five, a five nanometers yeah uh, so smaller die like i'm i'm curious what sort of power efficiency gains they have gotten with the new product the a14 bionic like i i we will see this is one of those things that really like we have to wait for the reviews to come out before you know people actually put these phones through their uh like they test the battery life on these right uh and I, I just, I if I had my hunch is that it's going to be similar to the 11 uh, Pro, right? Like, it's the battery life is going to be similar, right? And the most curious of them will be the Mini because it is the smallest one with the smallest of the batteries. So I, I'm really curious what that one is going to have battery. Like, what battery life is going to be like that on, the, on that one specifically. So looking forward to reading the reviews on, on the batteries this time around. Uh, so let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, as always, uh, show notes are on 2 com. You can email us, contact at 2 and you can find me on Mastodon at PacketCat at 10forward.social uh, and on my website, solidsafe.com. And pe- where do people find each other?
1: So I think this week's Love Live episode was <laughs> not as great as the last one because there were some differences in how Setsuna got in in got introduced to the group part of the game. Like I think they toned down her character a little weirdly. Because in the game she's like, Oh, I'm giving um, an idol and I'm gonna talk to I hide this from my parents. That's why I have these two identities. Whereas in the show, they're just kind of like, I'm an angry girl, so that's why I decided to quit. Like I think it was a far richer storyline in the um game versus the anime um i still i'm enjoying it overall i love the new art style and i'm very excited for eyes episode next week i think it's gonna be pretty good um chosephine at chitter.xyz <laughs> and website.
0: and uh, with that love life corner uh done goodbye
1: Bye.